what's going on? It's your boy Mike Maul. This is the Maul It Over Podcast. Today, today, today. Hey, yo, I got a special request. Someone said, hey, Maul It Over, can you do a show on um, forgiveness? So I thought about it. I was like, all right, uh, why not? Say less. Let's do it. So today's show, we're going to get into forgiveness and, you know, how forgiveness really works and how it really helps you to build or become, um, you know, with forgiveness, most times it affects you more than it affects them. So sometimes you have to be able to forgive people in order for yourself to be okay. See, I believe that forgiveness is something that is pure and comes straight from the heart. It takes a lot to forgive somebody. I mean, it takes a lot to forgive somebody, especially when they truly done you wrong or you feel like they've really, you know, went against the grain with you, they disrespected you, they violated you, whatever the case may be. Like, there's people that get touched, they feel like they've been violated, you know, people get raped, women, men, they get raped. I mean, you know, it's hard to forgive the person that raped them. When someone kills somebody in their family, in people's families, it's hard to forgive the person that killed somebody, one of your loved ones, somebody that you held dearly. It takes a lot of courage to be able to forgive somebody. Uh, I really tried to dive into this and, you know, try to do a little bit of studying so I don't sound completely crazy when I have my complete maul it over segment. But this segment here, I'm going to talk about, you know, some of the things I found online about forgiveness. One of them is what's good about forgiveness. Forgiveness creates understanding. It can create empathy or compassion. And according to uh, what's that myoclinic.org. It helps with anxiety, depression, and self-esteem. Now, I didn't understand how forgiving someone could help build your self-esteem, but it can because when you think about it, who's going to feel better? You're going to feel like you did something. Sometimes forgiving something don't mean forgetting it. I know, I know, I know. It's contradictory to what we are taught biblically. But in real, this I'm going to just keep it real. Sometimes it's harder. It's hard to forget. Even if we forgive, but it isn't until we forgive and forget that we are completely cured of a situation. You know, we sometimes will cover it and that's not what we can do or should do, should I say. So they even did studies where like people who don't forgive people have stronger possibilities or are more prone to have high blood pressure, suffer from heart disease, uh, you know, things of that nature, a lot of things that are connected to the heart. Now, when you think of forgiveness, you think, you know, how is that connected to the heart? You know, crazy enough, when you don't forgive somebody, there's chemicals released, especially like when someone says that name or brings up a topic in which they may have did or violated or said or whatever, and it reminds you of whatever happened. And that unforgiveness actually spikes. There's people that die because they were unwilling to forgive someone for things. And I don't mean like, you know, they just said, all right, I don't want to forgive you. And they just croaked. But they would have such a hatred in their heart that they would have a heart attack. You know, forgiveness causes stress. I mean, this is all it's on the net. You can look it up. But I was digging it a little deeper and I came across a thing from uh, Greater Good from Berkeley 
edu eight keys to forgiveness the first one is know what it is and why it matters what is forgiveness forgiveness is forgiving somebody even when you don't want to it's being able to say i may have didn't like it it offended me it hurt me but i forgive you and to actually mean it it's one thing to say it it's another thing to actually mean it and when I say you forgive them, you literally forgive them. You can have a conversation with them. It's almost as if they didn't do it. Even in the back of your mind, if you're thinking, yeah, I know what you did. You have to be able to forgive them to the point that you could have an open line of communication with them. Uh, why does it matter? Like I told you before, it's attached to health reasons. Forgiveness is attached to your health. You're going to really let something stress you to the point your health go bad because of something somebody else did. You know. A theologian once said, you know, uh, unforgiveness is like taking poison and waiting on somebody else to die from it. Like you're the one that's getting all the effects of it. You're the one that's feeling all the pain from it. Sometimes the person that offended you or didn't offend you, they don't even think about it. They're not even they might not even know they offended you. Forgiveness is something that sometimes you got to make people aware. But I'll get to that a little later. Become Oh, I'm sorry. Number two, become forgiving fit. That means put yourself in a place where you can openly and honestly forgive someone. Yes, you have to mentally prepare yourself to be able to forgive. Step number three, address what caused you your pain. What did they do? We know what they did. We know why. they. What we want to know sometimes is why they did it. You know, what was going on in their head? So... You definitely got to address what, ca- what what caused you this pain. Step number four, develop a forgiving mind through empathy. Empathy, you know, being able to feel. You don't have to agree. You just have to feel, kind of see where they're coming from kind of deal. Be able to try to gain an understanding, even if it's hard. Try to put yourself in their shoes in a sense. You know, then there's step number five, find meaning in your suffering like how has this made you stronger what did you learn from what you went through how has this created something in your life to help you do better not worse better how did this make you better step number six find when it's hard find your other strengths like if you really going through and you get it gets so hard to the point you know you feel like you about to break and you about to bust open you've been crying about it you've been going through it stop for a minute what's your strength your strength is in prayer prayer whether you by yourself or whether you got to call up your best friend find a way to pray build up your prayer life the stronger your prayer life is the easier it will be to forgive That's a fact. The stronger your prayer life is and your walk is, the easier it will be to forgive. Number seven, and I know I'm kind of flying through these because I really want to get to my part of the show. (laughs) But number seven, forgive yourself. A lot of times when we think we're so mad at other people and we're so mad what they did, what they, why they did, and sometimes we feel like we was the blame or we was the victim or if we would have just done this or we would have done that, listen, forgive yourself. Most cases, there was nothing you could do. Forgive yourself. Tell yourself you did everything you could. Tell yourself, you know, you, you became greater from it. You've learned from it. You've grown. Stop saying why is me 
and turn it into a why not me. Even if it's bad, why not me? Because whatever you got from it, you can turn that around now and use it to edify somebody else. You can turn that around and build somebody else up. Somebody else that's going through that same struggle that you went through, now you can help them understand. Because you've been there. You've done it. You've seen it. You've experienced it. What better person to guide someone through something they're going through than somebody that's already been through it? You got to be able to talk to them. Go where they're at. As you see biblically, Jesus didn't go hang out at uh, the churches and the synagogues. He didn't kick it there. He went to where the people was at. Because the people in the church, even in one parable, he said, you don't take healthy people to the hospital. Meaning... The people in there, they should be good. We got to go to where the people at. We got to go to where we can actually be effective, where we can actually create a change. But yeah, I got a little off topic, but yeah, forgive yourself, man. Be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you. You're strong. You're mighty. You know, there's nothing you can't do. You're more than a conqueror. You are above. You are worthy. You are excellent. You are a child of God. You the king's kid. You're the best version of you at this moment. Become the best version of yourself at this moment that you could possibly be. Number eight, develop a forgiving heart. The more you forgive people for little things, you know, you don't let things snowball and grow out of hand. Just develop a heart where you can constantly forgive people. You ain't got a whole grudge. the Bible say you're supposed to forgive a person 70 times 7. Now, some people say, so that's 490 times we're supposed to forgive them. No. The numbers, sometimes we take the numbers out of context. The number 7 is the number of completion. The number 70 is just a large number showing that it's a large number that you're supposed to forgive them. You're supposed to forgive them multiple times over and over and over. It says if he sins against you, forgive him. Every time he sins, you're supposed to forgive him. Now then we reach the point of forgiving and forgetting. All right, that's enough out of the, from Berkeley from... Uh, what was that site I was on? Uh, Greater Good at Berkeley EDU. All those eight points, the main topic were points from that uh, website. The discussion parts of those topics came straight from me. So look, forgiving and forgetting. So look, man, long story short, that's some of the hardest stuff you ever will do. Like me, you know, being that I was a, I'm a foster child, I'm adopted. So I was taken from my mom when I was four years old. I see my mom periodically through life. I didn't even know who she was for real. Like I had an understanding of the ideal of her. And when I would see her, it would kind of be like, yeah, she looked like me, but I don't really know chick like that. Like uh, she hugging on me and all that. I don't really want her touching me. You know, that's how I was when I was a kid. One time I went and seen my mom and uh, she came to the car. She didn't even know who he was. When my older sister, Tony, told her who he was, she fainted. That's how long she had seen it. She hadn't even seen it. She didn't even know who he was. She fainted, passed out, hit the ground. Doom. I bust out laughing because it was hilarious to me. I knew who she was. And that was the first time I had seen her. I think I was four. So when I was four, when I got taken, I think when uh, I seen her the first time, I think I might have been 10. And that's when she passed out. I cracked up. I ain't going to cap. I laughed so hard. But over the years, I developed an anger towards her, kind of like a hatred. It was like every time I wanted to cry or went through something, I would look at, you know, somebody else 
to try to get comfort. Like I will see my friends, moms comforting them and I would want that comfort for myself. Like I didn't get to experience that from her. So, and then I moved down here to Akron with a nice family and everything like that. Uh, you know, ended up getting adopted the whole nine. I'll give you my story later. Actually, I'm going to write a book about it, so you'll, you'll get it all in the book. But long story short, I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version. I moved out here to Akron. Everything wasn't all gravy. I ain't going to cap. But it was, it was better than where I was at. But as life passed and progressed, I played basketball, football. That You know, you'd be looking for your mom and hoping that she would cheer you on and, you know, just looking for a pat on the back sometimes. Even when it came to dating. I was so weird when it came to dating women. I didn't even know, like how I wanted to treat them per se. I treated them, for the most part, like my sisters. Like, I was trying to get an understanding of them. Like, like I wouldn't want nobody to beat up my sister, so I better treat them like this. Like, to keep it real, I used to watch Roseanne and try to learn from that family because it was about as dysfunctional as mine. So I figured if I learned how they was dealing with stuff and handling situations, it would help me better my life. In a sense, I guess it did. But it made me think I don't want my sisters to be treated a certain kind of way. So I got to treat the women I come in contact with uh, with a sense of respect and hoping that it will go back around. You know, I don't believe in karma, but I do believe in how you treat people has a tendency to come back on how people may treat you or may how something may come back to you later in life. So. My relationships wasn't all that good. I blame my mom for that. I uh, didn't really know how to love a woman. Anytime I felt like I was falling in love for a chick or even getting too close to a chick, I would dump her immediately. I once dumped a chick on St. Patty's Day on St. Patty's Day for burping like that. And that was because I was really starting to dig the chick a little bit. But I was like, nah, I can't get that close. I can't let him get that close because all she's going to do is, you know, break my heart or something. I'm cool. So I never let her get close. I never let no chicks get close until I got with my children's mother, my first children's, my first set of children's mother. Um, And that was a crazy situation in itself because I didn't plan on letting her get that close. It just, things just happened. You know what I'm saying? I decided to let my guard down a little bit. But what I'm saying is, I was so angry with my mom, like, I couldn't treat a woman right. Sometimes I would be ultra mean to my siblings, especially my sisters. I'm in this family. I don't really know these folks like that. But I see that some of them got special treatment and some of them didn't. I seen that how I was getting treated compared to others. So I was pissed. So I was mean to some of them. I was mean. And the people I seen kind of, you know, being not treated that bad. Because, look, my mom was smoking dope. And then, you know, I felt like everybody else's moms and families was perfect. It was just me. I was just down and out, downtrodden, like, you know, woe is me is how I looked at it. I didn't even want to be here no more. You know, I contemplated suicide a couple of times, but I had to really build myself up and come to know who I was. It ain't like I decided to stop hating my mom on my own. I'm not about to cap. I'm not about to lie to you. I was boxing uh, at Good Shepherd Boxing Club. I was boxing there. I boxed there for roughly maybe like eight years, something like that, nine years. Anyway, my my, my coach's name, my trainer's name was Sonny Oliver. Sonny Oliver used to go up with me to uh, Miller South. He would sit in his white uh, Chevy Blazer, and he'd say, Mike, I'm sorry, it wasn't white. That was the second one. It was uh, Baby Blue. He would say, Mike, go ahead and hit it. And I would go running. And after I would run, he would uh, 
like sit and have a talk with me. We just talk about whatever. And one day he got to talking like, Mike, how's your mom? And uh, how's your family? And, you know, do you ever go visit your mom? And all that. I'm like, no, I don't rock with her. She corny. You know, my mom, forget my mom. I was like, I ain't got time for her. He's like, man, you know, you got to respect your mom. You don't know what she was going through or why she did what she did, but you got to respect her. I'm like, nah, Sonny, you don't know my situation. He said, I can tell you this. Whatever it is, you only hurting yourself by not forgiving her. He said, you know, she might have already been through her hurt and everything. She might have came to an understanding that you just ain't never going to forgive her or whatever. She probably just deal with it now. It probably ain't even affecting her in the way that you think it is. He said, if you don't do nothing else, write her a letter, you know, call her, leave her a voicemail, anything. But do something to let her know how you feel and so that you can, you know, have a dialogue with her. Open up the uh, communication gate, so to speak. I thought about it for a year. I never reached out to her. Finally, one day I reached out. I talked to my mom that day for about six hours. My mom never apologized. And that really pissed me off. Because all she put me through, I couldn't understand how or why she never would apologize to me for what she did. You know, I felt like, hey, you was on drugs. You ain't love your kids enough to come back. You ain't love your kids enough to say, let me leave this crack alone and, you know, love on my kid. No, she didn't. She loved that drug a little more. And I couldn't understand it. I didn't understand addiction at the time. So it led me to be more into whatever I was doing. You know, I was trying to do some little side things or whatever. So after our conversation, we get off the phone, whoop de whoop. I feel like it was a great conversation. And though she never apologized, she made me understand that she was going through some things. Sometimes it was like an apology without her ever saying, you know, I'm sorry. She was explaining herself like she had never done before. And it opened up the communication gates. So now to this day, I talk to my mom on a regular basis. No, not every day, but at least once or twice a week, we chat. I done been up to visit her a couple times. I done bought her living room furniture. I gave her every. I didn't gave her everything I had at one point though. And right now, I still would. Cause ironically, even though my mom did me all that crazy stuff, and I felt like my mom was never there for me, I never wanted to not be there for her if she ever needed me. Even though I was mad at her, even though I was hating her, I just felt like, hey, I must have been a bad child. You know, everybody told me I was bad when I was little. I must have really been that kid that my mom didn't want me. She thought the drugs was better. But I said, I can't be that way because if she ever decides she do want me, I want her to let her know, even though I'm pissed, I'm going to try to be there. And then, like I said, over time, that festered over and it became hatred. And then it just wasn't that. But after I opened up them communication gates, after I let it go, after I told her, look, I said, look here, Claudette, I forgive you. I ain't going to act like it never happened, but I do forgive you because forgiving you frees me. And she said she understood and so forth. But I had to tell her that because it was the truth. Forgiving her opened me up to be me. It took the boundaries off of who I am and who I could be. It showed me that I am worthy to be loved because I feel like I ain't, ain't nobody want to love me. You know, my mama didn't love me. Why would another woman want to love me? It took all that away. It built me into being a stronger person. I can honestly say, had my mom not lost us, I would not be the man I am today. She made me stronger in her absence. 
she made me stronger by saying, instead of me not being there for my kids, I want to be there for everything that my kids do. I want to be there to walk every step of the way with them. When they cry because they're missing somebody, I want to be there to give them a hug and tell them it's okay. When they fall, I want to be there to tell them to get up and brush it off. Yes, my mom wasn't there, but her not being there was the best thing that ever happened. I turned my problem into my platform. If it wasn't for her, there would be no Maul It Over podcast. My name wouldn't even be Maul. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be who I am. I'm the man who I am because of her. I treat people how I treat them because of her. I could have been out here dogging people. I could have been out here going through everything. Heck, the name of my book is, I think I just came up with this name right now while I was talking to y'all. The name of my book I'm about to write is called I Should Have Been a Statistic. Ain't no reason I shouldn't have been a statistic. Only thing that kept me from being a statistic is God. God is the only reason I'm still standing. A lot of y'all should have been statistics. But instead of looking at your situation, like how it got you down, you got to look at it like how did it build you up? How did it make you better? How did it make you stronger? How did it give you mental fortitude? Physical fortitude. How did it make you become the person you are today? Flaws and all. You're worth it. You're worthy. You stand tall. Ain't no reason for you ever to feel like you need to back down from a situation. You done been tried and tested. You done been through it. And if you've been through it, you can keep climbing. You can keep rising. There's nothing you can't do. There's not a mountain you can't climb. Yes, my mind was whatever. But today I stand tall right now saying that she is one of the strongest women I knew. And not only that, though she had no impact, I mean input on my life, she had the greatest impact on my life. Without her, it wouldn't be me. I can honestly say that. And I ain't the only one. But that ain't my story to tell. I pushed myself to be great because I didn't want to fail. There was a lot of things I seen and went through that I felt like, you know, it shouldn't be me. And then I said, why not me? Why shouldn't I? You know what time it is. You're Mike Maul. You made you. You named you. You did it all. Who can tell you who you are better than you when you named yourself? When I did it, I felt like, you know what I'm saying? I felt like God gave me a new name. You know, Michael, the guardian. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I looked at it. I think I've been a guardian for my family ever since. If you ask my sister Rini, also known as my mom, <laughs> she'll tell you. He's the guardian of this family. When something go wrong, they gonna call me. And that's because of the lack of Claudette created the greater purpose in me. All of my siblings are stronger because of it. I'm telling you, you can't let unforgiveness sit on your heart. I mean, just think about it. Even biblically, biblically, unforgiveness will fester. It will eat you alive. And what happens if you wait too long to forgive somebody and they die? Then what, you just mad because you never got to forgive them? Don't leave that on your conscience. Tomorrow is not promised to nobody. Get that off your chest while you can. If you got to write them a note, if you got to send them a letter, uh, if you got to text them, if you got to, like I said, when I say send them a letter, send them a letter without your return address. Just send it so you can get it off your chest. Sometimes you don't even got to send it. Just write it and put it in your safety deposit box or something. Read it every now and again just to get it off your chest. But don't let 
what somebody done to you in your past holds you from becoming who you are in the future. You have to break the chains. You know, Bible tell you, forgive to be forgiven. Mark 11.25. Forgive 70 times 7. Luke 17, 3 through 4. Forgive as God forgave you. Ephesians 4.32. I mean, it go on and on. The Bible basically is a book that talks about forgiveness through and through. Now, Marl It Over is a multi-stream platform. However, I do have a Christian background. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here who I am today. So I can't say it's completely Claudette. God was the biggest factor in it all. Now, I don't just sit back and say all this and all that and everything happens for a reason. Because at the time, I didn't believe that. But it ended up being the scripture held the strongest truth was all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and I am the called according to his purpose anyway forgive so that you can be free set yourself free forgive them and then first forgive you then forgive them put yourself in the right mind space that's my time this is the Marlin Over Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, reach out to me. Marlin Over Podcast at gmail.com. That's my time. Peace.